0: Welcome to the July 30th edition of Liberation Station. This is your host, Chris Steiner, with you, and the website is www.liberationstation.weebly.com. That's liberationstation.weebly.com, Weebly Weebly spelled W-E-E-B-L-Y, and we have a a new domain name coming up this next week, which we will be announcing as soon as the uh, website is finished being migrated over and, and published. So uh, we'll announce that then, otherwise, if I just gave it out now, everybody would uh, find a, a blank page. But uh, look forward to that. A, a more memorable website, domain name, a new URL. I wish I could announce it now, but if I did, uh, people would miss out and uh, probably not return to it, finding nothing there. So for now, the website is liberationstation.weebly.com. Weebly, W E E B as in boy, L Y. And the call-in lines here in Pinellas County are 727-441-3000, 727-441-3000. And the toll-free number is 866-826-1340. That's 866-826-1340. The all-tell-free call, star 1340. Tonight we will be talking about the Federal Reserve hearings that uh, have been taking place that uh, took place last week and the last two weeks. And uh, we're going to go back in history first to revisit the campaign of 2008. And uh, this is candidate... Obama and uh, this was a "We Are Change" Ohio questioning him on October. uh, This uh, the date of this video is October seventh. The uh, he was confronted October fifth in an effort to get real answers, and uh, the question had to do with the Federal Reserve. Obama's uh, friend Brzezinski, Ziggy Beeb, and uh, and what. what uh, he thinks about the Federal Reserve and, uh, of course, uh, Obama's policy has quite expanded since he's become president. But uh, let's just revisit 2008 and candidate Obama. We are change confronting him in August 2008.
1: To Dr. Brzezinski, uh, I can't say enough about uh, his contribution to our country. Uh, Here's somebody who helped to shape uh, Camp David uh, and bring about uh, a lasting peace uh, between Israel and some of its neighbors. Uh, somebody who uh, has over decades trained uh, some of the most prominent foreign policy specialists, uh, not just in the Democratic Party, but uh, has trained a number of, uh, who ended up in the Republican Party as well. Uh, he is one of our most outstanding scholars, uh, one of our most outstanding thinkers. Uh, He has proven to be an outstanding friend, uh, and somebody who I've learned an immense amount from.
2: U.S. National Security Advisor Brzezinski flew to Pakistan to set about rallying resistance. He wanted to arm the Mujahideen without revealing America's role. On the Afghan border near the Khyber Pass, he urged the soldiers of God to redouble their efforts. We know of their deep belief in God, and we are confident that their struggle will succeed.
1: That
3: land over there is yours.
2: You'll go back to it one day, because your fight will prevail, and you'll have your homes and your mosques back again, because your cause is right and God is on your side. The purpose of coordinating with the Pakistanis will be to make the Soviets bleed
3: for as much as long as is possible.
4: Uh, uh, this man. Definitely-
5: While he was shaking hands, I got the opportunity to ask him if he supported he sent articles of impeachment. He told me that this late in the game, he did not, and then I asked him if he supported the new investigation in 9-11, once he's in office. He told me that he would be willing to look into everything unconstitutional the, the Bush administration did, and that they would be held accountable and prosecuted if they were found to have done anything wrong.
6: Awesome. Definitely going to look forward to the next four years.
0: The end of the clip. Yeah, that's the end. Uh, that's the end of the uh, clip, and uh, we're going to now play Congressman uh, Cliff Stearns grilling the former Treasury Secretary, who was such a big shot before, when he was asking for the the bailout, and uh, he actually committed terrorism when he was threatening Congress there would be martial law, civil unrest, even food riots, if they did not pass the bailout bill and give them. Unlimited authority, unrestrained authority, uh, without any transparency whatsoever. Give it all to us, or else we're going to crash the economy. Because after all, we control the economy. You contracted with us, and uh, and um, well, shoot, you can't audit us. So uh, if the economy crashes, well, who's to blame? I mean, uh, there won't be anybody to blame because there's no, um, there's no, uh, there's been no audit of the Federal Reserve that's been independent. And uh, so, this is the, these are the Federal Reserve hearings. I'd like to know what you think about this. Or what do you? If uh, this is really entertaining to you, or if you think it's, it's very, um, uh, it's very ironic, I guess, that these blowhards like. The Secretary of the Treasury, uh, Hank Paulson, the former Secretary, or the Federal Reserve Chairman, Ben Bernanke, how uh, how they've just totally changed their tunes, and they've become so much uh, the, so much more like I guess the the last president, the blathering blathering Bush idiot. So uh, you see these guys who are trying to defend their conflicts of interest and uh, trying to defend their um, they're just. Uh, thievery, their blatant thievery, and uh, they don't see anything wrong with that. They, like Paulson, doesn't see anything wrong with uh, having a conflict of interest and pocketing tax-free over $200,000. So, uh, you know, we're just going to hear this clip and uh, get an idea of how these common criminals who have risen to the top respond when uh, they finally feel their ox is about to be gored. This is Congressman uh, Cliff Stearns grilling the former Treasury Secretary, uh, Hank Paulson.
2: Thank you very much. I ask unanimous consent that Mr. Stearns and Mr. Garrett be allowed to participate and, of course, um, without objection, so
7: ordered. And I now Thank call you, Mr. Chairman. Mr.
2: And, uh, Mr. Paulson, I hear your pain when you said you are just paying to be on that side of the table answering the gentleman's question, but isn't it true that uh, Goldman Sachs benefited from AIG bailout? They got $13 billion and was the largest uh, recipient of the public funds from AIG. And in fact, creating the uh, collateralized debt obligation, the CDOs, formed the basis of the current crisis we have today. But while you were CEO of Goldman Sachs, you were an active part of that business. So my problem is when you say you're paying by AIG, I go back to your bait and switch when you came here into Congress, and you suddenly decided instead of buying the toxic loans, you're going to go out and start to give money to these people. So if you didn't have any credibility on the bait and switch, how do you have any credibility today to come before us and tell us that you're paying by AIG? Well, let me respond. Do you understand the credibility you have? You came here. You said in this two and a half page bill that you wanted $750 billion. Then immediately after you got approved from Congress, you changed it. You baited this on, then you switched it, and then you started giving money to these institutions, the top 15 institutions, when all these, bank, these people who had the loans, you could have worked out a homeowner's equity plan around this country to help the people who are actually having their homes foreclosed. And you're helping AIG, and you're helping Bank of America, and you're, you're bankrupting. Lehman Brothers, who is your biggest competition, isn't there some point you should have recused yourself and said, You know, something, all my buddies and Goldman Sachs are over there. You know, I really feel that I shouldn't be making these decisions to make Lehman Brothers go bankrupt, that I really should recuse myself. And the fact is that you're coming here and say you feel the pain of AIG is just, it's just. Outrageous. Well, well, I would like to respond to
8: you, Congressman, because I find your statement outrageous. Yeah, okay, so Mr. Paulson. Well, let me tell you, Speaking I have
2: the time, Mr. Paulson. Let me just say one do other I, thing. Do No, I no, no, I'm just want you to speak into the mic. Pull the oh, mic. Okay. You. Let, so, me just, let me just say one other thing here. You know, when you look at, you're saying to us, you support the Obama administration giving more power to the Federal regulatory, the, the, the Fed. But, but when you look, the Fed was on, Geithner was on board at the Fed, the New York Fed dealing with all these institutions. He didn't get it. And then we had this uh, f- fellow who came up afterwards, Mr. Friedman. He was on the Goldman Sachs board, and uh, he didn't last too long as a Fed chairman. Why? Because he had a conflict of interest. Is it possible that there's so much conflict of interest here that all you folks don't even realize that you're helping people that you're associated with and you should be recusing yourself for America's um, ethics well,
8: let me make several comments. The first comment I will say is, I came to Congress, I asked for the TARP, and I asked for, uh, for authority to purchase illiquid assets. We but got, in 10 we days, like you changed your opinion. We changed because the situation changed dramatically. In 10 days? Y- you betcha. If you look at what happened in that 10-day period, you look at what happened around the world, it changed dramatically. Number one,
2: uh, secondly, I don't want you to use all my time. Uh, okay, just second, your, your but answers. I
8: want I want to just respond to uh, secondly. Uh, I, I left Goldman Sachs. I sold my shares in Goldman Sachs. Tax I,
2: deferred too. I, I, you I, didn't I, have to pay any tax I, on your two hundred million dollars. I sold my Isn't shares in, in Goldman. Sachs. I. The I clause that if you come into the administration, you sell your assets, it's tax deferred. You don't have to pay two hundred. If you had two hundred million dollar profit, you didn't have to pay any tax. Isn't that true? Listen, it's, it's not, not true a. Is that true or not? Yes or it no. Is
8: you do not pay a profit when someone a,
2: a, a tax when someone Maybe makes you sell assets. Maybe that was incentive for you to become Secretary of Treasury, so you didn't have to pay the tax there. Oh,
8: the next thing I would say to you, and say it very very clearly, is uh, I. Uh, you know, I b- behaved with the... Uh, with, you don't the, think
2: you should have recused yourself when you asked Lehman to go into bankruptcy, you didn't put Bear Stearns in bankruptcy, and then you folded Mayor Lynch into... I mean, isn't there some point where you've got to say, hey, I've got a conflict of interest here? You don't feel any kind of scintilla of ethics on this thing at all? Uh, totally. I, I, I
8: operated very consistently within the ethic guidelines I had as Secretary of the Treasury and when it became uh, when it became clear that that uh, we had some very significant issues with Goldman Sachs and with with, with, Why didn't you with, with Morgan Stanley, what I did then, it would have been very wrong for me to recuse myself. What I did was I went and got a waiver from the ethics agreement, because when we had concerns Who was in
2: of, charge of the ethics agreement? What? Who's in charge of the ethics agreement we, that you got a waiver? We,
8: we have we have an uh, Office of, of Ethics at Treasury, and we have a White House Ethics Office.
2: So you got it from the legal counsel from the White House? We, we got it from the uh, the, the, the Gen- Government Eth- Ethics Office. The gentleman's time has expired. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, All for your right. courtesy. And I ask you now to consent my open statement to be part of the record. Without objection, so
0: ordered. Yep. The congresswoman from California. And you hear Paulson's, uh, yep, at the very end there, yep, okay, sure, I'm on the record. He's so confident his false bluster is is show their force. I'm trying to say that, uh, oh, it was all within the ethics of the White House. Well, gosh, uh, why is the president giving... Uh, just a, a ethics waiver to this conflict of interest. Uh, these uh, decisions being made by the former Treasury Secretary Hank Paulson, conflict of interest uh, decisions wherein he profits. So. Uh, It goes back to the point that a lot of people uh, used to um, try to dismiss uh, Obama's responsibility for addressing the issue of the Federal Reserve's unaccountability, and people say Obama wasn't born way back then. The Federal Reserve was founded in 1913, so uh, he wasn't born back then, and and that's that's a huge mess that would have to be changed. Well, uh, he just uh, Obama's uh, idea is just to make the problem even worse. To come up with a national banking charter, to uh, make the uh, banks a, a fascist institution that's uh, under total government regulation. And uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> under the Federal Reserve's control, not government regulation. So he uh, Obama's proposal is to give the Federal Reserve even more power even more authority and, and that would not include only banks but anything that affects them and so uh, the federal reserve would essentially be the fascist institution the de facto government and uh... and it's just amazing that uh, those who uh... who are, who, uh, who are confronted with this fact who are obama apologists uh, and you you let them know that he's just trying to make the problem even worse And uh, well, how does that answer your question? It it means that any, of course, he grants this waiver, this uh, this ethics waiver to the former Treasury of the Secretary under Bush, Hank Paulson. And uh, you heard in the first clip how Zbigniew Brzezinski was uh, saying that how you know telling, uh, who was telling uh, the Afghani's how your cause is so right and just, and therefore you will win. Of course, with lots of American dollars. But uh, there you have Ziggy B. also, uh, who's insta- helped the, the installation of a lot of uh, Republican and Democratic uh, or Democrat um, politicians and positions and uh, offices. Uh, so, you know, the Ziggy B. Is, is really an equal opportunity offender. Where it comes to, to murder, he'll take both Republicans and Democrats. And, of course, he's Obama's friend. So that's another fantastic example of how all these uh Tendrils, all these, all these uh, tentacles of the octopus just reach out, and uh, they reach deeply into the Republican and Democrat parties. They uh, they're really part of the same monster. So uh, next, we're going to play here uh, the uh, the next clip um, of uh, Ron Paul questioning Ben Bernanke, and uh, I'd like to hear what you think about this. Are you pleased with the fact that the Federal Reserve has been um, just? Uh, has been uh, has been just robbing us blind for so many years, and now they are on the hot seat. They feel that their little racket is about to come to an end. I don't think that they're acting like a briar rabbit. Oh, please don't throw me into the briar patch. I mean, uh, that's I don't th- I think that I I see some genuine fear that they're going to lose. All the material goods that they work for, all the domination over the United States, and of course reaching far beyond. But uh, the United States being used as an engine, they're fearful of using their their crown jewel, the great experiment that uh, they they are trying to turn into a failed experiment by changing the rules by not adhering to the constitution by uh... wanting congress to continue to keep the authority delegated to the private federal reserve where congress should be doing their job they should be regulating the value of money according to the constitution they should be uh, coining money and regulating the value thereof and yet they've delegated their authority over to the private federal reserve and uh... and so the federal reserve is is uh... just totally fearful of losing this monopoly so uh this monopoly man ben Bernanke. we have ron paul questioning here in the federal reserve hearings on july 21st 2009.
9: Uh, came up again and it was again passed so uh, that has been broadly supported on this committee although not unanimously uh, which brings me to the gentleman from texas mr paul <laughs> uh, thank you mr chairman <clears throat> In the past, most members of the Federal Reserve Board, including your predecessor, when they come before the committee, they endorse, in general, you know, the, the idea of transparency. They don't just say we're against transparency; it's the definition that really counts. Uh, most members then would also argue for independence, uh, which generally means that uh, uh, they they don't want uh, the Congress to know exactly what they're uh, they're doing. Um, But I I saw the article today in the Wall Street Journal, not not your editorial, but an article, and there are a few quotes there that I wanted to ask you about. And I do know that all of us can get misquoted in the newspaper, but I want to clarify this because uh, it's either misleading or, or somebody is confused, and I want to see if I can figure this out. And the the first one had to do with you saying that Mr. Paul's bill, which is 1207, the transparency bill, would interfere with the Fed's interest rates decision. And since I wrote the bill, and the intention, and I know what the intentions are, has nothing to do with interference with monetary policy or interest rates manipulations. So there's nobody in the Congress going to be monitoring the Federal Open Market Committee, it's, it's after the fact that an audit can occur and find out what, what transpired. It, uh, there, there's no management. So uh, is that your position that uh, uh, this bill, if it were to be passed, would interfere uh, directly with uh, interest rates, setting interest rates?
5: Well, Congressman Paul, uh, it, it, at some point, as you know, um, we're going to have to start raising interest rates to avoid inflation and people have talked about the politics of that and and how whether the Fed will be able to do that without intervention or interference Um, if we were to raise interest rates at a meeting and someone in the Congress didn't like that and said I want the GAO to audit that that decision wouldn't that be viewed as an interference or at least uh, in that I wouldn't
9: wouldn't think so, this is just reviewing it and you can do what you want, Uh, what about today Um, interest rates are artificially low uh could there be any political pressure to keep interest rates artificially low historically that's been well known it's been documented and written about how other federal reserve Chairmen, you know they're on the verge of reappointment and and they know the president and all of a sudden so there's it's, it's not like it's not politicized now just the fact that they can issue a lot of loans and special privileges to banks and corporations that's political this idea that it would be uh, political because we know what happened afterwards just, just doesn't seem to add up since time is short I want to go on to the, the next quote which I find fascinating because hopefully I can agree with you on this one, because you are, this is in actual codes. that says we absolutely will not monetize the debt. Well, that's one of the major reforms sometime in the distant future that would be beautiful because that would stop all this uh, chaotic uh, monetary policy, inflations and depressions and recessions and all the mess that we have. Uh, but you say you will not. At the same time, you know, I quoted the $38 billion that was bought last week and the plan to buy $300 billion of U.S. securities. These securities are bought by dollars you create. And if you're buying U.S. securities, what is that if it's not? And, and besides, If if the markets really believed that, that you would absolutely not monetize debt, I think the markets would get hysterical. So it seems to me like uh, I'd like to understand exactly what you mean by that.
5: Well, the purpose of our limited program was to address private credit markets, uh, Congressman. Um, When we complete the $300 billion program that we announced, we will have less treasuries on our balance sheet than we did two years ago because we sold off a lot of treasuries in order to make room for these other things we were doing. Secondly, um, after we complete that $300 billion, our share of outstanding treasuries will be at one of the lowest points in the post-war period. So we are not taking a significant portion of U.S. treasuries, and we are not actively intervening or actively trying to um, uh, make it easier for the government to issue debt.
9: So you're saying if you buy $300 billion worth of U.S. government debt, that is not inflationary the true definition of inflation is when you increase the money supply and uh the immediate consequence is it sends out false bad information to the marketplace so whether it's when the bubble is being formed or afterwards All you're doing is inflating constantly, you've doubled the money supply, interest rates are artificial, people make mistakes. So it it seems to me that you're in the midst of massive inflation, but I guess you have a different definition. When you double the money supply, that's not inflation itself, or are you looking at only prices?
5: May I respond? Free free. Inflation is the change in the price of the, the consumer price level, which is very that's very stable right now. And and there are various measures of money, as you know, and the broad measures of money, the measures that caught the, the measures of money in circulation, like M1 and M2, are not growing quickly.
7: The gentleman from California, Mr.
5: Baca.
0: thank. You. And uh, it's very interesting how uh, how you see Ben Bernanke just trying to squirm and. Explain away, or trying to placate away, uh, or placate uh, Ron Paul, and telling him that that uh, well, gee we we use uh, interest rates to try to control control things. Uh, we're going to play here uh, the uh, the next clip of a, uh, Representative uh, Bill Posey, and um, but uh, that's uh, just uh, Representative Bill Posey following up uh, on the questioning of of Ben Bernanke on July twenty first.
7: Gentlemen from Florida,
0: uh, thank you much, very much, Mr. Chairman.
10: Uh, Mr. Chairman, of, of, of all the testimony we hear in this committee, I, I enjoy yours the most. Uh, you're, you're always uh, very interesting. We we have an awful lot of academics that come in here and try and convince us that a circle is square and, and vice versa, uh, and, and I appreciate your forthrightness. I was a little bit perplexed uh, today by uh, your answers to the. Uh, first, gentleman from Texas has questions. Uh, first, about inflation. I, I heard you uh, talk about you use pricing as, as a reference and that uh, purely printing more money doesn't cause inflation, which was really new news to me. And I wonder if you tell me what you think causes inflation.
5: Well, let, let's be clear what's, what's going on. Um, the Federal Reserve is not putting money out in, into, the, into the economy. What we're doing is we're creating bank reserves. That's money that the banks hold with the Fed. So it's just sitting there idly. It's not chasing any goods. Okay. So as long as those bank reserves are sitting idly, broader measures of money
10: that measure the circulation that, but of money. It, but it won't sit there idly forever. The right, purpose exactly. of it is not to sit there idly forever. And, and, right. And, and, and while there may be a time lapse, certainly, unless that money gets sucked back in, uh, exactly. and out of circulation, it's going to cause inflation. There's no denying it. If it's not sucked back in, but as I was describing, we have ways of sucking it back in. We How?
5: Have well, one way to do it is by raising, interest, raising the interest rate we pay on those reserves, which induces banks to keep the money with us instead of lending it out or circulating it through the economy. Another way to do it is through various um, open market operations that we can do that essentially pull those reserves out and bring them back into the Fed. So we do have a number of tools to do it, and, and we, we are quite aware, we're quite aware of this issue. And we will we will not allow the broad measures of money circulating in the economy to rise at a rate rapid enough that would
10: cause inflation eventually. Uh, I, I'd appreciate if you could maybe give the members of this committee a little memo on how, a more extensive explanation of how you plan to do that without damaging the economy that we're trying to fix now. There's the, the, the the a chapter in the monetary policy report that covers it. Thank you. The, the second question was in response to... Um, the, the audit of the Fed. As you well know, the statutes are this thick of exemptions to federal audit of, of audits of the Fed. Every agency just about can be audited. Uh, I think I heard a gentleman from Texas say once, a citizen can find out more about the operations of the CIA than it can the Fed. And, and I don't know that I'm denying that, you know, or, or, or that you would really want to deny that. But uh, he's talking about, uh, you know, a post-facto audit, not interfering with daily decision making, uh, much like we do with many confidentiality exemptions, uh, where you say no, what they do now, well, they negotiate this contract is secret, but when the contract is over, it should be open up to public scrutiny. And I, I think, really, the public does have a right to know, historically, how we determined the monetary policy uh, of this country, for better or for worse. I mean, uh, don't expect it to be 100% on, on target all the time, but I think it's a matter of transparency. I think it's, it, it's uh, a matter of accountability, and i like your thoughts on that.
5: Well, first of all, on things outside of monetary policy, we're open and very willing to work with you. The GAO right now is doing an audit of our annual financial statement, is doing an audit of our information security controls, is doing an audit of our
10: assistance to AIG, I, 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 and many Chairman, other things. I, I, the, so let me turn, we, let me understand turn to your question. This is, this is the policy-making decisions, the minutes right. of the meetings uh, that any government body might want to have off the record while they are making critical decisions, but eventually should be open to eventually, the public. Eventually, Well, we put out a whole transcript in five years, but I, I think that's fine, but if it's done within days or or even weeks of the decision, it's going to look like the Congress is saying we disagree with that decision. I I, I agree with that. It shouldn't interfere with daily decision-making, but I don't know how after-the-fact auditing and all the exemptions that are there uh, being eliminated uh, for a period of time, and and, and it could say six months, a year afterwards, I I just don't see why there shouldn't be 100 percent crystal clear transparency of every single function of the Fed uh, after-the-fact.
5: Because we have to be extraordinarily careful that the markets and the public don't think that Congress is trying
10: to influence monetary policy decisions. If, 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 we, do year, if we do it in a year in arrears, we don't know really whether, whether the best decisions made a year ago or two years ago or five years ago or 20 years ago. We don't know if they're the best decisions. We don't know who the Fed picked to be winners and losers. And, and I, I think the public really has a right to know that. Someday well, on issues relating to our 13-3 authority, those sorts of things, I, you know, where we're putting out money and
5: lending money and so on, I, we can work that out. I agree with you that that where we're putting out taxpayer money, there should be ways for the government to be, the Congress to be assured that we're doing it in a safe way that is has appropriate financial controls and so on and so on. So I agree with that part. Monetary policy is a very specific element, though, of that. Well, but that's the most
10: critical. The gentleman's time
9: has expired. The gentleman. May...
0: And that's the Florida representative, Bill Posey, who continued up on Ron Paul's questioning of the uh, Fed chairman, Ben Bernanke. And uh, the call-in numbers here in Pinellas is 727-441-3000. in Pinellas County, toll free 1-866-826-1340, 866-826-1340. The all tell free call is star 1340. Does it bother you that we have a private banking system issuing the currency and the credit and they don't want to be audited? They don't want to have the Congress look over as uh, Ben Bernanke just said, the day to day affairs of the Federal Reserve oh it might affect monetary policy if Congress were actually to get involved in uh, the authority that they delegated over to unconstitutionally delegated over to the Federal Reserve. Does this bother you? does it think uh, d- does it uh, <laughs> a lot like a lot of um, a lot of uh, apologists for the uh, current system like to classify it as, as capitalism when this is not a capitalist system, but uh, is, this, is this a system that you're comfortable with, seeing uh, the entire economy go down in flames? Is it the fault of capitalism? I would tell you not. I would explain to you that it's, it's the Federal Reserve. that uh, it's, it's just like, say, the Federal Reserve is invited to a friendly game of Monopoly, and all of a sudden they decide that they're going to be the single player that decides to uh, print up all the money, and nobody can decide how much of it they're printing up and to whom they give it. And so the game is no longer Monopoly, just as the economy is no longer based on capitalism. That's the that's the prime example that demonstrates we are not a, a capitalist society, and so the failure of capitalism is uh, is non-existent. But uh, they would have many think that uh, the the, uh, the capitalist system, and certainly finance capital, which is a classification of capitalism, um, yes, finance capital has failed, but labor capital has never been given a chance. It was, uh, I guess. Uh, murdered in in the cradle so um what do you think uh, about uh, what we need to do about the system Uh, what kind of a monetary system should come out of this because certainly the uh the uh, monetary system we have is uh, in such great question uh it's going to be subject to great um debate and and it should be in a state of flux, I would predict, uh, that the the current system will go into a state of flux as uh, people try to fine tune it. But certainly most Americans agree that uh, the Federal Reserve ought to be audited 75% according to a Rasmussen poll, uh, which we'll get to here in a moment or perhaps in the next hour. 75% are in favor of auditing the private Federal Reserve, and according to the uh, recent Gallup poll this week, the Federal Reserve's job approval is even lower than the infamous IRS. It takes a lot of of dirty dealing to get an approval rating that's lower than the IRS because most people deal directly with the IRS, the the collection, the tax collection arm of the Federal Reserve. So uh, you'd think that they would have a much worse taste in their mouth, but Americans are waking up as to what the real root of the problem is. They, they figure they have this huge weed growing up in their yard, and it's destroying the foundation of the home, and they are hacking away at the trunk, and it just keeps growing back, and they're hacking away at the limbs, and, it, and they just... Uh, they, they just grow back, and the roots just keep coming. I mean, the roots uh, overtake, start to overtake the House. But uh, people are waking up now that they need to attack the root of the problem. And uh, they're learning that, according to this Gallup poll this week, that uh, the, the Federal Reserve is the root of the problem. What do you believe is going to happen? Uh, what do you think should happen with the current economic system? being uh, subject to such intense debate right now. The call-in lines here in Pinellas County are 727-441-3000, toll-free 866-826-1340, 866-826-1340, or 866 tan and the all tell free call is star 1340. The website can be found just through a Google search or a web search of a Liberation Station or Liberation Station radio show. It should come up in the first three or four occurrences. Uh, the website is liberationstation.weebly.com. Weebly is spelled W E E B as in boy, L Y. And within a few days, uh, that should be changing over to the new domain name uh, to be announced on the next show. Because uh, right now, if I give it out, then uh, folks will visit it and see that there's nothing there. So they uh, will be less likely to return. I would love to give it out now, but um, you'll you'll uh, it'll be much easier to remember in the next show. For now, just uh, find it easily by doing a Google of Liberation Station radio show. Now, this next quick uh, clip we're going to... Um, we're going to play here is, uh, let me get back to it here. It's, uh, it's Ben Bernanke being interviewed. Um, I, I'll just read the article here uh, entitled, Bernanke Stutters, Stammers, and Shakes His Way Through Questions on Audit the Fed Bill by Steve Watson, July ninth, 2009, found on Infowars.net. Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke appeared incredibly nervous during an interview aired last night on PBS's NewsHour, particularly during a question on the ongoing effort to pass legislation that would see the Fed's books being opened up to a general audit. And a display that will greatly encourage those who continue to push for greater transparency of the privately run Fed's actions, Bernanke stammered and stuttered his way through the interview, his voice shaking as he attempted to rail against calls to audit the Fed, reciting now familiar and standard lines of propaganda. Quote, there's an effort in Congress, and in the House in particular, to audit what the Federal Reserve does, particularly in monetary policy. How do you feel about that? Asked PBS's Jim Lehrer, quote, So that bill, people don't fully understand what that bill is about. It sounds like, audit the Fed. It sounds like, let's look at the books. That's what it sounds like, Bernanke spluttered. And we'll play that clip in just a moment. Clearly flustered and sounding very unconfident, Bernanke continued, quote, what people don't understand is that this bill would give the GAO, the General Accounting Office, the authority to audit monetary policy. And what does that mean? That means if the Federal Reserve decided a year from now that because of incipient inflation it was time to raise interest rates, that the Congress would say, ah, the GAO is going to audit that decision. It's going to subpoena your materials. It's going to demand information from members of the FOMC, it's going to evaluate your decision, it's going to report to Congress, end quote. I don't think that's consistent with independence, Bernanke said, and uh, that was his quote. Uh, I don't think that's inconsistent with independence was a part of his quote as well. And uh, now we'll get our chance to hear uh, Bernanke re- uh, responding to uh, the questions regarding the uh, Bill H.R. 1207, in the House of Representatives that has gained more than enough co-sponsored to be passed by the House although it's being held up in committee uh I guess uh, it's a good thing in a way because uh, we're getting such wonderful dirts that uh, they're dishing out uh, on their on themselves being forced to uh, testify against themselves Uh, as we've heard in uh, the last show and this show. But now uh, for that clip where Bernanke is responding to the uh, questions regarding HR 1207 on uh, PBS's NewsHour. As you know,
11: there's an effort in Congress and now in the
0: House in particular to audit what the Federal
11: Reserve uh, does, uh, particularly in monetary policy. How do you feel about that? So
5: that bill, people don't fully understand what that bill is about. It sounds like Audit to Fed. It sounds like, well, let's look at the books. Is that what it sounds like? The Congress already looks at our books. We have many different layers of auditors. The GAO, the General Accountability Office, which is supposed to be doing this audit, um, already looks at virtually all of our activities and the ones it doesn't, uh, our financial books and our financial loans and so on. And the ones it's not looking at, and where the taxpayer needs some assurances, we're willing to work with Congress to make sure that the GAO gets the information it needs. What people don't understand is that this bill would give the GAO GAO the authority to audit monetary policy. And what does that mean? That means that if the Federal Reserve decided um, a year from now that because of incipient inflation, it was time to raise interest rates, that the Congress would say, oh, the GAO is gonna audit that decision, it's gonna subpoena your, your materials. It's gonna demand information from the members of the FOMC. It's gonna evaluate your decision as report to Congress. I don't think that's consistent with independence. So we are completely open to providing any information that Congress wants to make sure we're using taxpayer money safely and soundly, that we are meeting all our responsibilities. I don't think the American people want Congress running monetary policy. And I think that's very, very critical for people to understand. And you think that's what Con- would end up doing? Exactly, exactly on? what it would do. The, the, there was a, there's a provision in that law which currently, current law, which carves out monetary policy and doesn't give Congress authority, GAO authority to audit it. That was put in, in 1978 at a time where we had a lot of inflation, as you may remember. After that, the Fed became more independent, brought inflation down. But now, that's exactly what it would do. If that carve out is eliminated, the Congress would have the authority anytime to ask the GAO to come in and audit and look at and evaluate the monetary policy decisions made by the Fed that's not consistent with independence.
0: Well, the the uh, chairman of the private federal reserve thinks that the american people do not want congress controlling or running monetary policy. I think he needs to speak for himself because uh obviously he does not base that assertion on anything and the opposite as i just mentioned is true because uh i just just was uh, mentioning the Rasmussen poll and the um and the other poll uh, by, uh, by um, uh, the Gallup Corporation, the Gallup poll. So uh, you know, it's amazing. He just doesn't understand that people do not like the Federal Reserve. And he's trying to tell us what he thinks the American people think. Uh, of course, he's saying you know, he, doesn't, he thinks that the American people don't want Congress to do their job. He doesn't think the American people want Congress to uh, us reassume or, um, those, those uh, responsibilities and to be accountable to the American people. He thinks the American people want an independently run monetary system. And uh, I, he, he can't base that on anything because everybody seems to be waking up who who even knows what the term the Fed is is familiar that it oh that's a that's a, a private cartel that's a private company oh we'd like to find out what they're doing but they're resisting they don't want us to know what they're doing even well after the fact even weeks after well, you know they, they talk about how they publish their minutes but you know they' it's all very highly excised and edited. Uh, Now, um, and and oh, by the way, uh, it's just an inspiration. People like Ron Paul, who introduced HR 1207 uh, to audit the Federal Reserve, but what Congressman Ron Paul has said is that he believes that this will be a prelude to to an actual um, eventual abolition of the Federal Reserve. He thinks that an audit will expose the corruption by the Federal Reserve the manipulation of markets including especially the, the comex gold markets and uh, he thinks that uh, that corruption that manipulation will be exposed and uh, even that the inflation aside the inflation so called inflation tax it is a tax i mean that that's a good enough reason to abolish it right there so uh, he thinks that uh, you know if if all these um, other manipulations are being exposed all the other tentacles are being uh, uh, you know, shown uh, the light of day that that'll lead to the abolition of the Federal Reserve, and I agree. And I think that the uh, the Federal Reserve people know that the the former Congress um, former um, former Treasury Secretary Hank Paulson. And we're about to play one more clip uh, from him. Um, this is uh, before the House Oversight and Government Committee. Former Treasury Secretary Henry Paulson admitted pressuring Bank of America to go through with plans to buy Merrill Lynch. And uh, this is, uh, can be found uh, linked on my website, but uh, this is on goldseek.com, posted on July 16th. This is the former Treasury Secretary, Hank Paulson.
8: In the midst of a rapidly changing crisis, our responses were not perfect, but I am confident that they were substantially correct and that they saved this nation from great peril. Some have opined that I and other government officials allowed concerns about systemic risk to outweigh concerns about potential harm to Bank of America and its shareholders. That simply did not happen. In my view and the view of numerous government officials working on the matter, the interests of the nation and Bank of America were aligned with respect to the closing of the Merrill Lynch transaction some have suggested that there was something inappropriate about my conversation of december 21st with mr lewis in which i mentioned the possibility that the federal reserve could remove management and the board of bank of america if the bank invoked the mac clause i believe it was appropriate for me to explain to mr lewis that the government was supportive of bank of america and that it felt very strongly that if bank of america exercised the mac clause That would show a colossal lack of judgment and would jeopardize Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, and the financial system. It was also appropriate for me to remind him that under such circumstances, the Federal Reserve could invoke its authority to remove management and the Board of Bank of America. I intended my message to reinforce the strong view that had been expressed by the Fed and which was shared by the Treasury that it would be unthinkable that Bank of America take this destructive action.
0: And that was Hank Paulson. We'll come back to just three more clips of the Fed hearings. You're listening to Liberation Station in Pinellas, 727 441 toll-free 866-826-1340, exposing the Fed banksters. Stay right with us. We'll be right back.
12: This is Wayne Walton with the Red Pill radio.com. Our constitutional republic is under attack by globalist central bankers. During the Katrina tragedy, U.S. citizens were subjected to a gun roundup and a blockade of New Orleans. Unalienable rights given by God were suspended by the globalist George Bush. Oath Keepers is an association of currently serving military veterans and peace officers who will fulfill their oath to the Constitution against all enemies foreign and domestic. Go to OathKeepers.org to reaffirm your oath to the Constitution, not to tyrants. The Federal Reserve is the private banking cartel, which is in charge of the U.S. monetary system. Listen to Thomas Jefferson as he gives a warning of what this institution will give to the United States of America. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks which grow up and around them will deprive the people of all of their property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. Listen weekdays 9 to 10 for more details. WTAN,
10: Clearwater, Tampa, St. Petersburg. WDCF, Dave City, Zephyr Hills, Wesley Chapel.
13: CNN Radio, I'm Paul Chambers. Following today's so-called beer summit at the White House, Cambridge, Massachusetts Police Sergeant James Crowley said he would like to meet again with the man he arrested, African-American professor Henry Gates. Meeting at a bar for beer... On a second occasion, he's going to send out the wrong message. So maybe a Kool-Aid or iced tea or something like that. But we do have a venue
5: in mind, but again, that's also up for discussion.
13: Crowley's arrest of Gates at his home in Cambridge touched off a national debate on racial profiling. Two sluggers who helped lead the Boston Red Sox to a pair of World Series titles reportedly tested positive for steroids in 2003. CNN's Rick Vincent has more on today's story in The New York Times. Quoting unnamed attorneys involved in a steroid investigation, the Times says Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz can be added to the list of superstars who tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. Mel Antonin, a baseball writer for USA Today, says it's bad news for Red Sox fans. It
11: takes a chunk of glamour out of the Red Sox magical season. It has to, uh, because nobody wants to be associated with steroids, but like it or not now, that Red Sox team is.
13: Baseball's first test results for steroids in 2003 were supposed to remain anonymous. The list was later seized by federal agents, and names have been dribbling out ever since. Rick Vincent, CNN. The heat is on in the Pacific Northwest. Now authorities in King County, Washington, report a heat-related death. A man in his 60s with heart disease has died. Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid says Democrats are going to need help from the Republican minority to get a health care reform bill passed.
8: 75% of the people in America want health care reform. That's why we're going to have health care reform. We're going to do that.
2: But we have to have 60 votes.
13: The chairman of a key Senate committee announced today there will be no vote on health care reform before the August recess. An update for stocks, the Dow gained nearly 84 points. The most trusted name in news, this is CNN Radio.
14: Have you ever listened to a talk radio show and said, I could do that? Well, you're right, you can, right here on the TAN Talk Radio Network. Your TAN Talk program will include a professional engineer to handle every technical aspect of your program, professional talk and recording studios, four telephone lines to take live call ins and conduct live interviews, even the ability to do live remote broadcasts. Not only will your program be aired locally in Tampa Bay, you'll be streamed live worldwide across the internet in audio and video. When you sign off, you'll receive an audio CD or MP3 copy of your program, which can be duplicated and distributed. In addition, you can archive and podcast this copy of your program on the Internet for download and playback. Ready to explore the exciting world of talk radio? Here's the next step.
10: Hey, Tampa Bay, listen up. You can have a one-hour program on the Tam Talk radio network for less than the cost of one 60-second announcement on many local radio stations. We will put your program on two stations in Tampa Bay, AM 1340 and AM 1350. The cost? Less than a 60-second announcement on many Tampa Bay stations. Get the facts by calling Lola Jean, the broadcast queen, at 727-510-7622. That's 727 area code 510-7622 call 510-7622 now and reserve your Tan Talk network program
3: Hi, this is Michael Cooper host of Animal Tales and this weekend you're going to get a double dose at 12 noon then at 5pm we'll be broadcasting live from Ybor City at Gaspar's Grotto Restaurant on East 7th Avenue. Come on down and meet us in person and best of all you could bring your dogs with you. If you don't have a dog, we'll have adoption groups on site. This Saturday, Animal Tales, live twice. And you can join us on our remote in Ybor City at 5 p.m. Plus, we'll be having a free drawing for tickets to Bush Gardens worth hundreds of dollars, free dog food, and more free stuff. So join us live this Saturday at 5 p.m. Don't miss out on this great opportunity to take your dog out on the town. Be part of our show and win free tickets to Bush Gardens. For more information, visit... TampaPets.org. This Tan Talk event of the summer, Saturday at 5 p.m. Gaspar's Grotto on Seventh Avenue in Ebor City, and bring your dogs with you.
2: Hi, this is Ken from Dining Out Radio. Are you tired of going to the same old restaurants? Why not listen to Dining Out Radio and we'll tell you some of the best restaurants in the Tampa Bay area. We'll have chefs on talking about their favorite dishes. We'll have wine people on talking about the greatest wines. We'll have a lot of guests on there and we might even throw in a couple of surprises. Heard every Wednesday, 1 to 2 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network. You can go to our website, DiningOutRadio.com.
12: Dining Out Radio brought to you by Watercolor Steakhouse and Grill. Hi, this is Paul Hendricks, your radio realtor. Do you have questions about the real estate market? Have you been wondering about short sales or REOs? Or maybe you're wondering about whether it makes sense to move or improve. Well, join us every Wednesday at 6 p.m. for the Real Estate Report and get your questions answered. Our guests and panel members feature attorneys, mortgage brokers, bankers, builders, investors, and government officials. That's the Real Estate Report, your complete source for home and family news. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. right here on the Tantalk Radio Network, 1340 a.m. The Federal Reserve is the private banking cartel which is in charge of the U.S. monetary system. Listen to Thomas Jefferson as he gives a warning of what this institution will give to the United States of America. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks which grow up and around them will deprive the people of all of their property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. Listen weekdays 9 to 10 for more details. This is Wayne Walton with TheRedPillRadio.com. Our constitutional republic is under attack by globalist central bankers. During the Katrina tragedy, U.S. citizens were subjected to a gun roundup and a blockade of New Orleans. Unalienable rights given by God were suspended by the globalist George Bush. Oath Keepers is an association of currently serving military veterans and peace officers who will fulfill their oath to the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Go to OathKeepers.org to reaffirm your oath to the Constitution, not to tyrants.
0: Welcome back to Liberation Station. This is your host, Chris Steiner. The call-in lines are in Pinellas County, 727-441-3000. Toll-free, 866-826-1340. That's 866-10-1340. The all-tell-free call, star 1340. The website is liberationstation.weebly.com. Weebly is spelled W-E-E-B as in boy, L Y, or you can just do a, a web search on Google, for example, and uh, search for Liberation Station or Liberation Station radio show the domain name, the website's going to change uh, by the next show, so uh, we'll announce that when it does. Uh, we've been talking this evening about the Federal Reserve so far and the hearings, the Fed hearings that uh, have been taking p- taking place for the past two weeks and playing some very interesting clips uh, from the floors of Congress, and uh, as well as Ben Bernanke on uh, PBS's NewsHour but uh, some of these congressmen are very uh, poignant, in the questions they've been asking of uh, the former Treasury Secretary, Hank Paulson, and the current chairman of the Federal Reserve, Ben Bernanke, the chairman of the private Federal Reserve, privately uh, held stock, needs to be uh, reemphasized. And uh, we have a call on the line. Uh, William, uh, what's on your mind?
15: Hey, how you doing? Uh, great, thanks. I uh, did this, did a couple of shows there with John Santamoso and we had this same discussion, and I've done some other shows as well, but you had said that I, I've been listening to this great discussion, but I think all of this information that, that we're talking about, is it really going to work? What's, what, what can we do to actually change these conditions? Now, I've got an eye, I, well, based on studying history. I can bring up a very controversial figure that was his 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 strategy for getting getting this country back on track and recovering it from the um uh, I guess you would say the international bankers uh because the international bankers are the ones that have initiated this Federal Reserve in this country and in Europe prior to uh, Bring into, into this country, right? We are correct on that,
0: right? So you're looking, you're looking towards the enemy first, and uh, you know, the, the, yeah. are you saying that that's the problem, or? Right.
15: Well, I, I would say that. I mean, we've got to look at what, how, how was this country prior to the interna- international bankers? See, Benjamin Franklin, when during the well, prior to the Civil Revolutionary War, which the Revolutionary War and the Civil War. Was actually a banker's war. Bankers, yeah. The bankers were trying to penetrate this country, so they created a war under the misconception of slavery and freedom for this country from England, and even uh, what, what Kennedy tried to do with Executive Order 11 110. But mm-hmm. a, another very controversial figure in history was Adolf Hitler. Now, he's he constantly associated with the Holocaust, but I think that people, the article that uh, that was. Just came out on well as w- he
0: as he should be, but uh, he was not the only one. Is that what you're oh, yeah. saying?
15: Yeah, I agree with that. But he, I mean, he was really—I mean, he, he was probably one of the first shortly after the uh, the inception of the Federal Reserve in this country in 1913 in World War One, after you know the Versailles Treaty, which mm-hmm. pen, which heavily uh, penalized Germany, and I think unfairly. Now Hitler, in within five years. Hitler brought the brought the German people back to its knees by not using the gold standard, and, and, and excluding the international bankers. Now, this is not going to be found in the history books. Now, I found, I'll tell you just exactly what I found. Is in case listeners want to know, it's at www.daily. Dot pk is Hitler's freedom from international debt slavery. Once yes. again, I'm, I'm going to say that this is not going to be found in the history books. But if I can just qu- read it, what it, what it says in this article, I won't read the entire article. But people should go and check this out if we want to figure out a way to really get rid of the Federal Reserve. Because I, ultimately, I think we're going to have to get rid of the Federal Reserve, and it's going to be bloodshed. These guys, these people who run these this bank, these banks, are not going to just lay down. And even what's going on with Congressman Ron Paul with House Resolution 1207, I think it's a it's a courageous move, but at the same time, it's going to take some real guts out of the masses of the people in order for this thing to change. What Hitler did was he got rid of the international bankers and he he went outside of them. And it says here the, betre- the projected cost of these various programs was fixed at one billion units of the national currency to pay for this. The German government, not the international bankers, issued bills of exchange called labor treasury notes, treasury certificates. In this way, the National Socialists put millions of people to work and paid them with treasury certificates. Under the the, uh, National Socialists, Germany's money wasn't backed by gold, which was owned by the international bankers. So it goes on to say, in this way, the German people climbed out of the crushing debt imposed on them by the international bankers.
0: Within yeah, two they years. they did um, they did that, but by the time at the end of the war, they w- were under the uh, usurious banks again. And right, right,
15: because because of the, the uh, I mean the the, the constant uh, uh, grinding of these bankers, they're not going to just lay down. But he, exactly. but it was successful. You're right. But at the end of the war, of course, they had defamed his character and everything like that, and and you know the Holocaust was haunting him as well. And there are questions about that, too, but I won't get into that. Well, he he even
0: admitted in uh, in his book, Mein Kampf, My Struggle, translated to meanings, uh, Mein Kampf means my struggle, he he thanked the uh, eugenicists in the U.K. and the U.S., and admitted uh that he was funded by the Rockefeller Foundation so you know he's he's quite establishment but just mm-hmm. like so many of our puppets decided that he wanted a little more you know started to try to cut his strings and and uh i think that uh, you know he was he was uh, he was set up history is repeating itself where we have a boogeyman who's been set up and uh you know the you you're probably aware of the union planners bank under prescott bush the mm-hmm. great yeah. grandfather of uh, w bush and right. <clears throat> And so it came out in the mccormack Dixteen hearings that the the plan was to set up the Axis powers and uh, and then to um, uh, after the war, well try to say or try to end the war by saying that. That fascism, that uh, Mussolini's fascism, is the answer. Well, will look how good they're doing, or look how mm-hmm. how the how well the Axis powers are doing. So these these big internationalists, uh, international industrialists, including Prescott Bush, went and tried to get Smedley Butler to overthrow this country, who had thrown out overthrown so many other countries. But uh, you know the, the the point I'm trying to make is that. Mm-hmm. He was our boogeyman, and uh, he decided that, you know, he got out of control, and that was a a huge factor, Um, him trying to get his independence. That was a huge factor in in them not getting their new world order, because even Hitler asked, uh, was pushing for a new world order at the time.
15: Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but anybody, like you said before, I mean... Or like I've said as well, anybody tries to stand up to these people, they'll discredit you, they'll kill you, they'll do anything. So they've intimidated the mass of the people from standing up. I'm talking about the international bankers with their Federal Reserves and their central banks, and let's not forget the Bank of International Settlements, which is the central bankers' bank. Mm -hmm. You know, and then when when uh, when uh, President Obama did this G20 summit, that was all. That was all a part of the Bank of International Settlements. Further, consolidating control by President Obama signing uh, the american the, the, this government over to these international bankers, not that it already hasn 't been
0: officially right uh, yeah. you know these special drawing rights and these other things that they're trying to hinge the dollar i guess on a fle- i don 't understand it on some kind of a flexible um, you know um, scale compared to the the world currencies
14: Mm-hmm. And-
15: well, I think I mean we're going to have to just go back to the basics. I mean, a, a bartering system is fine. Getting off mm-hmm. the gold standard. I mean, even Kennedy, with Executive Order eleven one ten, for those who are listening, go pull that order up. I mean, he was killed shortly after he signed Executive Order eleven one ten, which was going to take the control and and the money. We're going to print our own money once again,
2: just
0: like with Lincoln, and exactly. just
15: like during the Revolutionary War.
0: Right, and, and that executive order still stands today because if they were to repeal it, that would bring great attention to his assassination, and it was probably a, a factor in his assassination, not the only oh,
15: definitely. one. Yes, it so, was. I believe it was the key factor.
0: And so but, uh, this uh-huh. this president or any, uh, any, other pre- any other president in the future can take advantage of this executive order 11110 and... Mm-hmm. And issue U.S. notes that are uh, yeah, that, that are not um, debt-based. Uh, you know, to where the government doesn't owe a private institution such as the Federal Reserve. It just issues them like uh, the you know, like you were saying, the the Lincoln greenback.
15: Right, right, or something of that nature. But the people are going to have to wake up and really understand this. I mean, I don't even think the people understand this House Resolution twelve oh seven or the what the it's in the Senate at S 604s six oh seven.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that hasn't gotten so much. Yeah. Uh, Attention! So much popularity. Yet, Forbin.
15: But, I, who who's, who's got the, who's got in the Senate though? Is it For Forbin or something like that? The senator, I can't think of his name, but
0: I don't. Anyway, I, mean, I, I think I, it's on campaign for liberty. I think well, it's Ron Paul's uh, Ron Paul's bill.
15: Well, I know it is. Yeah, 12, 1207, But I understand it well. Anyway, but, mm-hmm, I, but I mean, we, I hope that this is just not a bunch of talk, which which that is what they do on Capitol Hill with with these hearings. It's just a bunch of talk to 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 kind of give us a feeling that we have some type of power to control uh, their thinking. These people are going to do what they want to do, and we have to understand that. And and until the people become aware of and take matters into their own hands, I don't think anything's going to happen.
0: Well, I understand what you mean with the community currency. I, I've talked about that. We had a, a show on that. Um, you can check out the archives. I did a whole show. Oh, I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, uh, two whole hours on that. Um, um, we interviewed Buddy Hooper, who, uh, who runs the... Uh, the Orange B, a private <clears throat> private monetary system, and then we talked to uh, Carol Bru- Bruyere of CommunityCurrency.org <clears throat> about um, about community currencies, which are different. And I I would certainly prefer community currencies over these private monetary systems or private trade exchanges because you you have to uh, number one, there's exclusivity, so there's only one type of a certain kind of a business in a give uh, in a certain area. Uh, then the uh, these exchanges have to report to the IRS. So so it's basically based on the Federal Reserve System. They have to uh, report uh, through their 1099 forms to the IRS and and record all the transactions, and they also get a cut off of every transaction. So, uh, you know, it's kind of a stopgap measure, but um, I, I don't see it as a long term solution like the community currencies. But in the short term, at least we need to get rid of things like the derivatives, wipe them out, stop them uh, from, stop the country from hemorrhaging, and transition over to some other kind of a monetary system in the meantime where we're not leveraged out where the, the there's 100% of the money, whatever the money is considered to be, on reserve. No more of this leveraging out, okay, we, we're going to say that we have this this money, you know, where, uh, okay, so some, for example, for those who don't understand, whenever you go to get a mortgage and uh, say you're fortunate enough to pay back that mortgage, that means that there's, whenever you borrow that money, that money is not taken from a reserve it's actually created by your action of signing that note yes your signature right so there has to be somebody holding the short end of the stick who is not able to pay their mortgage who who has to get foreclosed on because there isn't enough money in existence it's mathematically impossible to pay hmm. back the national debt because if you were to write out the check it would be to the federal reserve and there wouldn't be enough currency or credit in existence to pay it off but yeah, right. all, all these questions that you bring up are, are very valid. Uh, what are we gonna? It's a very critical point to talk about what we're going to transition into, and I really don't think that they have total power. They've tried to uh, bluster and make us think that. But yeah. I look at how uh, these accidents that are underreported, like uh, Ron Paul's explosive decompression accident uh, about a year and a half ago in his airplane,
5: mm-hmm. that
0: really mm-hmm. wasn't reported too well. And uh, December 2007, I know that um, Kucinich lost a brother, and he just did, again, another brother recently. So let's pray for their family and and their comfort and peace. But um, there was uh, unexplained circumstances, his his, uh, brother in 2007 in December who died— and uh, I never found out exactly how or why, but uh, I heard it was under suspicious circumstances. So I think that they have a lot to lose, and certainly they would go. At, they the modus operandi is always to go after these uh, troublesome right. politicians, relatives, and threaten their relatives.
15: Right. I mean, look at don't, don't don't forget Aaron Russo with his movie Freedom America, Freedom to Fascism. I mean, exactly. I, I I think those were mysterious circumstances he uh, died from as well.
0: Yeah, that fact, yeah. fast-acting cancer that uh, he didn't tell yeah. anybody about. But yeah, it took him about a, a little over a year for him to to After pass. After movies him, you know. made, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, William. If you if you have any other ideas, I'd be glad to to field them because this is a very critical time in our history to be talking about this.
15: Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. I just really wanted wanted to bring that up because I, I really I've been talking on I talked with John Santamosa on his show there that he used to do from eleven to one in the morning. Of course, it was considerably late. But I do a show out of Lakeland on Sundays from 5 to 6, and these are the same discussions
0: that we have. Oh, you and, yourself do? Uh, excuse me? Are you saying you have a show?
15: Well, I'm a co host of, of a radio show and uh, an update out of Lakeland on Sundays from 5 to 6.
0: Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And that's what is
15: WLKF. that? WLKF.com. WLKF.com. And we have these similar discussions on there because we're trying to heighten understanding, at least get the people more aware of what's going on here.
0: Exactly, so that's, even that's if you don't have the answers. Is. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't have the answers, people will ask you, well, what answer do you have? They'll, they'll always try to poke a hole in it. But the, the, the thing that you're doing is getting involved, and that's the most important thing, is to have everybody's opinions heard rather than these unaccountable, uh, the unaccountable private Federal Reserve cartel. Uh, it's, just, yeah. it's just sickening that, that they would think that we don't want accountability when uh, that's all we want.
15: But I mean, I'm listening to Barnacki's even his responses. I don't want to dominate your show, but I'm listening to even to his responses, and and those are utterly unacceptable. And I, I don't see how even they could even have that discussion on Capitol He's not answering any questions at all. He, I, I listened to his last piece there. He didn't answer anything. to Ron Paul and the gentleman that followed him, he didn't answer nothing.
0: Well, he just all he did was criticize the. Uh well, the, the accountability issue. <laughs> I don't know if that's that. What oh. call it. I mean, if that's what you want to
15: call it. I mean, that's what you want to call it—an answer that he gave. That definitely wasn't an answer to me.
0: Well, it's a non-issue. He's trying to make it an issue. That oh my, my gosh, nobody wants us to be accountable, and and that's you know he just doesn't. He's acting like he's just out of touch. Or he doesn't get it, or maybe he just that's just truly the way he is. Because look at these the, the, these fools who are up there. They're so nervous about losing material goods or at the very least, you know, being put away in jail, they, they'd probably uh, not be so comfortable, but which is, you know, hopefully what will happen. But uh, at the same time, at the very least, they're just afraid of, of losing their cartel. And they're afraid of uh, not being able to serve their evil masters. And, you know, they're more interested in, in their masters because I'm sure that they're set for life and they have more than enough money to spend. I, I'm just oh, I'm, you know, I'm sure too I mean and this isn't i mean but
15: if you know what what you're saying is true, but history if we people can just go back and restudy history, even though it's full of lies, they do mistakenly put the truth in there, and if you're you know you're an open minded person, you'll be able to see through a lot of this nonsense that they're putting out, but history's just repeating itself like you said earlier it it is i mean we've been fight fighting against bankers ever since the creation of this country and believe, let me let me say one other thing the two parties that were started were those who supported bankers and those who didn't that was the two the, the two party system in this country the ones who were against the bankers and the ones who were for for the bankers
0: like the hamiltonians yes mhm so exactly yeah it goes way back that's that's a gr- such a great point it's such a, a long pitched battle this this currency battle over what the people will uh, consider current uh, you know, what we will mm-hmm. what we will uh, consider of value. And, and, you know, and then there's the other issue that needs to be debated over whether, see, at that time, uh, the, a big issue was, should the government issue the money or should the people be allowed to issue the money? Should the people themselves, should the markets just be able to de- determine, decide what the, the fixed value or, you know, the weights and measures would be, what a, uh, a certain unit of measurement was? But no, they, they allowed the government to, and I'm not sh- quite sure whether the Constitution should have allowed the government to, because I know Hamilton uh, at, at least got that concession mm-hmm. to, to be able to allow the, the Congress to uh, regulate the value of money. But you know, initially starting out, the country had separate banks that issued their own notes, and uh, they were they were all separate bank notes, but they were all denominated in dollars because that's what the Congress uh, or that's what the Constitution allowed the Congress to define. So you know, it's a, it's a matter of what is money, and money is basically what is uh, any any two people decide to use as a, a um, as a currency, and the, the government, especially an unaccountable contractor, the Federal Reserve, has no business in determining how right. the people interact and and how we uh, interface.
15: Well, definitely, yeah, not a private cartel, that's for sure.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. Because I
15: mean, if it transparent, I mean, which Ron, Congressman Ron Paul is struggling for transparency but once it once it becomes transparent then it is once the people find out i think it's going to they're going to get rid of it because it no there's no advantage for the people with the creation of a federal reserve and we fought against that like you had thomas jefferson on there he made that statement and that still stands true to to this day i mean if we look at if we look at like um what's happening with this uh the housing the so-called i call it the orchestrated housing crisis i'm sure you probably talked on this on your show about this as well i mean the, the 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 problem with this whole housing situation under um, which, well it was it was being advocated and trying to be repealed from 1987 to 1999 by what's his name a Greenspan mm-hmm, now the he finally got that, he got, finally got the repeal of the Glass-Steagall Act in 1999 and that was the primary uh, cause of this so-called orchestrated housing crisis right now. That's right. And, you know, and and I don't know if people are even talking about that. And you just had Paulson on there. He is the biggest crook. He became Secretary of Treasury after. <laughs> I mean, you you know what I'm going to say. I mean, he was part of the, what the 30, Securities and Exchange Commission prior to that. Who.
0: He was with Goldman, Gold, what, Sachs. Goldman Sachs, right? Mm-hmm, on the uh, board of directors, yeah. The yeah. Goldman Sachs, and Goldman Sachs has become the government apparently.
15: He, he, evidently, yeah, because he became the Secretary of Treasury after he created that debacle with Goldman Sachs. Then he comes to the as the Secretary of Treasury and gets the seven hundred billion dollars, play sells wolf tickets and gets the uh, Congress to give her, what seven hundred billion dollars for the stim, the stimulus stimulus money saying that we're gonna. There's going to be Armageddon and, and public riots if we don't uh, give this package. Mm-hmm. But he's the one that was one of the biggest contributors, him and Greenspan, for this uh, housing debacle.
0: Yeah, but, well, the, the housing bubble is just a way to yeah. blame the people, but that's not yeah. the real problem because all this money that the derivatives have inflated uh, or have been. Um leveraged out through the derivatives is more than enough to pay for, uh, I mean, all, all the bailout money is more than enough to pay for the so-called subprime crisis, which is really yeah. just another way of blaming the people for, uh, which was really predatory lending, but they want to say blame a lot. And there were, were people taking up fraudulent uh, applications on fraudulent, I mean, loan, loans on fraudulent applications. But, uh, you know, that's a way to br- blame the people when this yeah. entire banking Debacle, this thievery could have actually already been—you um, uh, know—all the bailout money could have actually paid for the uh, so-called subprime. I mean, everybody's mortgage could have been paid off. Everybody's credit oh, yeah. card could have been paid off. So,
15: and if, of course, if the, the Glass-Steagall Act hadn't been repealed—that that, that um, Greenspan was pushing for for about twelve years—if that hadn't been repealed—that's—and that, I'm not an expert on this, believe me—but I'm just a concerned citizen. I do a little reading but it separated the commercial banks from uh... investment, investment uh... what is it commercial banks from uh... Right, investment, investment banks, banks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and so once they deregulated that excuse the language but all hell broke loose and but they knew it and they, they set up and did this just to put them to make more money other than creating wars of course i guess since they weren't creating a war so they figured they would do this in the meantime since they were bored
0: mm-hmm yeah many many economists uh, financial advisors saw it coming because of the repeal of the final nail in the coffin in 1999 of the glass Steagall act they were telling everybody to get out of the stock market and and uh... it's being manipulated and oh no and look at the plunge protection team or the working group on financial markets that was uh, passed by executive order under ronald reagan and uh, you know and all these advisors were trying to sound the alarm and yet you have people like oh gosh what's his face on uh, Kramer Jim Kramer on CNBC just intentionally w- w- uh, miss deliberately misleading people for his own benefit I mean these 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 thieves will stop at nothing at, uh, at nothing to try to manipulate us and then when they're caught they're not. They have no shame whatsoever. It just shows how materialistic and uh, what control freaks they are. So well, they're not
15: going to have no shame because nobody's going to come come after them. They got Congress so intimidated that nobody's going to do anything to these guys anyway, so they, and they're going to continue to do this.
0: That's right. They won't have any shame, but hopefully they'll have regret.
15: Yeah. If we have something exactly. to say about it. Okay, my friend. Well, I appreciate I won't take it, i
0: Well, I'll call back sometime. We appreciate it. I sure will. And okay. we'll tune in to your show. Take care. Okay. bye Bye now. And that was William. Uh, thanks for another great radio commentator calling in. And uh, he's, uh, he's he's exactly right that, um, you know, they're just going to keep on doing what they're doing unless we stop them. And that's a big unless. And it's a big uh, question as to what degree we can stop them from what, doing what they're doing. So uh, we're going to have to see as history unfold, only time will tell. On uh, the next clip here we'll play is a Representative Daryl Issa, who's pushing Hank Paulson, former Treasury Secretary, on his ring of the Bank of America to merge with Merrill Lynch. Thank you, Mr. Chairman.
7: Uh, Mr. Paulson. You know, in, with our previous uh, two testimony uh, witnesses, uh, obviously Chairman Bernanke uh, found himself in an odd situation of saying, although <coughs> Mr. Cuomo had said that the threat that you had said, and i 'll quote it as best I can, sick from his letter, Secretary Paulson has informed us that he made the threat at the request of Chairman Bernanke now that came from uh, uh from Cuomo's office and I apologize uh, that his work was a little sloppy we get a letter but we there's no transcript there's no written record so we have to take his interpretation of your statements and that's one of the reasons you're here today we also dealt with uh Ken Lewis uh who came here with a situation in which he had received a threat by your own statements and uh and yet he had to say that the threat was not the reason that he went through with a bad deal for if he had said that then the uh... the ohio uh... pension funds and others that have sued saying that the merger diminished their ownership uh, their asset value in uh... in bank of america would have in fact had their lawsuit go forward much more readily so each of you before you have been in an odd situation you're uniquely positioned to help us One, you've told us yes you did issue the threat Two, you believe that it was reasonable and I want to put it in perspective, just for a moment, uh, perhaps for histor- historical purposes, go back to uh, the first Gulf War of 1990, in which Margaret Thatcher said to uh, President George Herbert Walker Bush, don't go wobbly on me, George, when she felt that, uh, that he was not prepared to pursue a war against Saddam after he invaded and brutally uh, treated the people of Kuwait. This was not a war, but this was an emergency situation. Your threat is admitted. Your threat was because you felt that there were clearly uh, uh, disaster if they went, if they didn't go forward with it. After I, one more thing, I'd like to ask you to to elaborate on that and how Mr. Cuomo came to give us the line he did. As I, my understand is, had had the Mac clause been completely valid. Had Ken Lewis renegotiated? Had uh, they agreed to a new terms or to a breakup? Isn't it true that, in fact, we would have had a long period of time, well, notice, statutory notice of for stockholders, and then a stockholder vote occurred?
8: Yeah, there is. If if there had been a renegotiation, there would have been an extended period, uh, and there would have been a revote. Is my understanding?
7: And isn't it? that which is at the center of why you issued the threat and why Ken Lewis ultimately decided that the damage from that period, even if he got a better price or broke it, either way could be disastrous to both firms?
8: Well, uh, the reason, and again, I don't, uh, Ken Lewis didn't characterize it as a threat, and I. And I
7: no, actually, r- he, he didn't care. But, but, he did characterize it as a threat. He managed to say that he didn't feel threatened yeah. while receiving a threat. But, yeah,
8: I, 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 pre- I, I prefer to characterize it as me explaining the Fed supervisory authorities to him, but, but in any event, whatever we. However, I like
7: Margaret Thatcher's uh, way of doing it uh, uh, myself. However
8: we y- 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 characterize it, that the, the 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 concern that that I had was that the Mac clause w- wasn 't uh, a, a legally viable option there there 's no precedent for it there's no there, there's no basis for it and so doing that would have just uh, w- would have uh, been it would have shown a, a lack of judgment, and I think it would have really undermined the viability of B of A and Merrill Lynch and the financial system.
7: Well, the, uh, uh, going back to uh, Mr. Cuomo's characterization of what you had to say, if you can help us, if you will, thread the needle between these two, uh, and uh, uh, before my time is up, I want to ask one other question, sort of an easy one. Would you say that effectively, no matter what the reason, the viability of the MAC, you were saying the equivalent of what Margaret Thatcher said to George W. Bush, which is stay the course, get this done, it's better to do it right now than not?
8: Yeah, I, let, me, let me go to uh, to ex- explaining the, uh, the confusion with Secretary Cuomo's office. It's really quite simple because... The Fed had invoked a privilege that kept me from uh, recounting my conversation with Ben Bernanke to Cuomo's office. So, if it hadn't been for that Fed privilege, I would have told and would have said to the Secretary, you know, to, to uh, Attorney General Cuomo's office exactly what I, I'm saying here today. And so, I think the the it's really quite understandable that you know that this discrepancy in light of the Fed in light of the Fed privilege and right after uh, Attorney General Cuomo's uh, letter came out I made a public statement where I said that the my prediction of what could happen to to Lewis and the board that was for me those were my words but it was based upon what I understood to be the, the Fed's very strong Opposition to B of a renouncing the deal now with uh, and now, to your last question, I was attempting to send a very strong message to Ken Lewis in terms of how strongly the Fed and Treasury viewed this matter and so and it wasn 't just the words that uh, about the, the Fed's supervisory powers, that the other language, uh, which I presented at that time, which again, very strong uh, message on the legal, you know, the lack of of the Mac being a legally viable option. Very strong message uh, on it being a lack of judgment, and a very strong message on what I believed and what the Fed believed this would. Due to Bank America and uh, Merrill Lynch in the financial markets.
0: Thank you, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for nothing, actually. Uh, thanks for fiat money that's worth nothing, and and uh, <laughs> and thank you for that entertaining, stuttering performance. Even if you don't know what he's talking about, it's entertaining. But if you do, it's even more entertaining because you can see that he's just uh, he's just all over the place and. He Wishes that um, he wasn't there. Obviously, as he's, uh, he he doesn't like being uh, scrutinized. As he he's um, being held accountable for his uh, previous actions here, and uh, as a, the Treasury of the Secretary, um, either that he's he's started doing some pretty hard drugs since he served under the Bush administration uh, to to uh, stutter so much. Um, but uh, I tend to think he's just afraid of uh, losing the Federal Reserve's uh, stranglehold on us, or uh, he might be blamed for the Federal Reserve losing its stranglehold. And we'll just have uh, two more clips here on this issue, uh, the call-in numbers here in Pinellas County, 727-441-3000, toll-free 866-826-1340 like to ask what you think about the current monetary system, how it's uh, in a state of flux, and uh, we're debating what uh, it would be replaced with. And um, based on, uh, on the fraud that's being carried on now, it's not a very sustainable economic model. Uh, but uh, next we'll go to Representative Burton, who's questioning former Treasury Secretary Paulson on, the, uh, on his pressuring of the Bank of America merger with Merrill Lynch.
16: Mr. Uh, Paulson, there are those of us that uh, uh, don't agree with your analysis that uh, uh, going about solving this problem was the correct way. You know, if you look at the, you talk about a meltdown, we have nine and a half percent unemployment right now. If you take into consideration those who are working part-time or who are getting unemployment compensation, it's closer to sixteen and a half percent. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal. So you're talking about how you guys saved the economy and saved the world. Uh, we do have a meltdown going on right now. And if you don't believe it, go out to Indiana and look at some of the parts of my district. Let me just uh, ask you a couple questions. First of all, uh, I asked Mr. Bernanke if he talked to you about uh, telling Mr. Lewis if they um, uh, used the Mac clause, uh, that they were going to be fired, and he said he didn't give you any instruction or say anything to you about that. And yet, when you spoke, uh, you said that uh, in your in your testimony, you said you were confident that that was a strong opinion of the Federal Reserve. How did you know that? The I mean, there must have been some communication. How did you know? I mean, that, well, that you were I, confident that was their position.
8: I, I, I would say. Two things there. First of all, you're right that I do not remember uh, Ben Bernanke ever suggesting to me that the you Fed. You don't
16: remember. The, the, you know, the, Mr. Bernanke at, said the but, same thing. He said but, he didn't but, remember.
8: But what I what I do. So you ask where I came away with that with that view. Yeah. And I participated in a, a number of meetings and calls where Chairman Bernanke participated. There were lawyers from the Fed. Staff members from the Fed, uh, people from Treasury, and I came away from that those calls with that understanding. Well, who's wait, wait, wait? wait. If you
16: came away from that from those phone calls, listen, just a second. If you came away from that from those phone calls, somebody must have said, "Hey, we can't let them do this." Well, I just and I would suggest that it might have been Mr. Bernanke. Well,
8: what, what 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 I would say to you, I do not know whether someone in those conversations or calls expressly said it, or if my understanding came from just the tone and the forcefulness of You know, you're
16: a very smart man. I don't think anybody's buying what you're saying right now. I mean, you, you, you guys were on a phone call. There was a number of conversations and emails, and you're saying that you didn't get any, any, uh, any uh, suggestion from Mr. Bernanke that- uh, that he wanted you to let them know they were going to be fired if they didn't do what you said.
8: I, I said I clearly came away with the understanding that this committee has, and which was substantiated by the emails that have been released and some of the other things, that that was the view of the Fed. But I, I also don't remember Ben Bernanke ever, ever talking about that possibility with me.
16: It's interesting that both you and Mr. Bernanke can't remember. Uh, let me just uh, read something here that really concerns me. First of all, they expected a $9 billion liability, and a few days later they found out it wasn't $9 billion, but $12 billion. And so they were very concerned that they weren't going to be able to swallow all of that, and that's why they said they wanted to change this and, and, and use the MAC uh, uh, provision. Uh, and you didn't want to make that public. Uh, you didn't want to make any of this public. Why not?
8: Well, let me say to you that that is not a fact. The only this came up in connection with Ken Lewis asking me for a letter from Treasury. And what I said to him about a letter from Treasury is I said, Ken, we do not have any kind of a specific agreement here we don't we haven't decided on the size of the program the dollar amount we haven't decided on how many assets and so if i gave a letter all I would be saying well, is what I have already said publicly, which is that B of A is systemically important and that we are committed to, well, here, here's what, here's uh, to, what to not said. having a failure. Yeah, so, what, here, here. So, my, so let me just well, finish don't here. Use so up all my time. So, I just, yeah, what uh, I said was just the opposite. I said if we give you a letter to we'll disclose Mr. Pawson, it. Mr. Paulson, please pull the mic closer to okay. you. Oh, sorry. If we give you a letter, we will disclose it, was what I said to
16: you. Here's what was said in in testimony. Bernanke and Paulson insisted that Lewis rely solely on their verbal assurance of more support because, as Paulson told Lewis in a a written pledge, quote, would be a disclosable event. And we do not want a disclosable event. And he goes into more detail than that.
8: Well, let me say, Lewis has testified clearly before this committee that I never, ever suggested to him that he delay any disclosure. What I said to him was something I would expect you all would agree with, which is if we're going to issue a letter from the Treasury, I'm not going to issue a letter without disclosing that letter. And I don't see the point of a letter, because we have no specific agreement. There's nothing to write down. We don't have the, the size of the program. We don't have the dollar amount. And we've already publicly you, said- you,
16: you, you gave him verbal assurance, but you wouldn't put it in writing.
8: I, I gave him verbal assurance of, that we were committed to working to get something done. Why didn't you up. want to
16: put it in writing? I mean, uh, there's several places where he says that you would not allow it to be put in writing. You didn't want people to know. You didn't want public disclosure. Why not? Well,
8: because I, I, I attempted to answer. I will answer it one more time for you, sir. What we we I had already Mr. said. Mr. Chairman, I, we like,
16: asked the witness again me, to speak in I, the I, microphone. I can't yeah, hear yeah, Mr. Paulson. I am sorry.
8: Paul. I had already said publicly, as had the Fed, that we were committed to working to prevent the failure of any systemically important institution and Bank of America was one. Now, going beyond that, we had had made it clear that we were gonna be working with him to develop a support program, but we didn't have a size, We didn't have the amount of assets that would be covered. We we didn't know what form of equity and how much. We had nothing definitive to say. And so I said, I don't see how a letter is going to be meaningful or helpful. But if I give you a letter, we're going to disclose it. And then that got twisted around to say I didn't want a disclosure.
16: I know my time's up. Let me just read one thing real quick, Mr. Chairman. Here's what he said. I was instructed that, quote, we do not want a public disclosure. That's
8: what he said, flat out. Well, he has he has testified something different before this committee, Mr.
16: Chairman.
2: Okay. Mr.
0: Chairman and lastly, the uh, last clip we have for you tonight on this issue um, will be uh, Representative Peter Welch of Vermont. First, we have a caller, Dennis, on the line. Uh, Dennis, are you there? How are you?
6: Oh, hey, uh, Chris, good to be on the show here.
0: Hey, right. welcome good back. To join you today. So what's on your mind?
6: Ah, oh, listening to those clips, it just brings back memories of being a 12-year-old and getting cornered for telling a fib and getting cornered. You know, you just you couldn't squirm your way out of it. But these people became adults, and this uh-huh. is how they act? Give me a break.
0: Memories. Oh, so, so nostalgic to hear them. Well, you
6: know, <laughs> but at least, at least we grew up. And grew out of that behavior, but these are people in charge of trillions and quadrillions of dollars. Don't you love the fact that they, if they have the facts on hand about what they're asked about on something they want to support, they'll recite a list of a litany of just a catalog. But if asked about specifics about, well, how come you're doing something wrong, Bob, um, um, I don't recall. Um, what I want to say is I just don't mm-hmm. recall.
0: And then then they get caught with their reports. Like Bernanke says, uh, Section 14 allows them to give money to foreign uh, banks, uh, to foreign central banks, and it doesn't. And I mean, (laughs) their own reports actually contradict their testimony in a lot of this, because they're they're just all over the place. They're trying to cite, say, well, this is we've never had. uh, This is not an unusual authority. Bernanke says on a clip that we played last week, uh, where. representative alan grayson of florida was uh was pressing him (laughs) and he says these aren't any extraordinary powers well uh pardon me but the whole country has been under a state of national emergency declared since 1933 uh and that can be found in uh, explained in senate report 93-549 there's um fdr's executive order 6102 and so if anybody wants to get down and dirty with a with the numbers, with the citations, I mean, anybody can say, "Well, okay, how about what would you?" I, I would love to ask him. Wouldn't you love to ask him what the last section of the Federal Reserve Act says and uh, has to do with them? Um, Congress's authority to uh, abolish them. Wouldn't that be a great question to ask?
6: It would be nice if we could just corner these people and uh, actually have them tell the truth. But you know, I think we all know, and we have to accept that you're never going to get the truth out of these people. They well, it's fun to try. The They're going to run the world the way they see fit. What's that? Uh, speak out of the phone. Sorry. Is
0: that better? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, we we can. Uh, the producer was just making a comment. I can hear you fine. Okay, yeah. You, you're, I wonder wondering
6: where those voices were coming from.
0: <laughs> I wonder at times myself. <laughs> 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 well... Yeah, that was Lee, our producer, just helping uh, helping produce the show and flogging the hamster at the same time to keep the transmitter powered. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
6: now he's got to go smack those gerbils and make them run that wheel faster to get the transmission going. Whee.
0: Yeah, yeah. If they're still alive. Hi. I I, th- I think we switched over to something more exotic like chinchillas. <laughs> Never works. They're, uh, they're an endangered species kind of like us. Well, um, yeah, you're right. These these folks uh, want to uh, see to it that we're kept down and maintain their control. So I, I don't see how it's really worth all the stress to them to try to maintain their their stranglehold over over uh, the entire world. But they, you know, they're not going to give up. I mean, that's for sure.
6: I think to them it's sort of it seems based on everything. I mean, I didn't actually see the testimony. Myself, but I've seen them before, and you can see whenever he's cornered about something, you 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 see those eyes bat left to right, thinking to him. You can tell he's thinking, "Uh "Oh, what do I say? What do I say?"
0: He's searching for the right answer. He's trying to calculate his his uh, placating, deceptive response. That's all
6: it is. It's like remember when Hillary Clinton was being grilled way back in the day? Uh, I'm sorry, who? Hillary?
0: Hillary Rotten Clinton?
6: Hillary Rotten Clinton when oh, asked about mm. Craig Livingstone and who actually brought him into the Clinton White House, I don't recall. I just don't understand. I, that's not I just don't know uh, Sorry, don't know. Don't recall Same answer mm-hmm. Non-answer
0: I don't recall. Yeah, you. Oh gosh, if you if you want to, and people wonder why uh, I use that term, and it just goes way back. Well, I remember her first. Goes. Uh, I started using it back when her. She tried her Clinton care, and I read the the bill, and it turned out that well, if there's a doctor who operates outside the system, he's going to have his license revoked for two years, and the patient will uh, face up to a year in jail and a ten thousand dollar fine. And uh, so I knew a lot about that, but you know about the Clintons from from that, and uh, and now she's going after, who um, uh, she, she's she's telling the UK that if you, we're not going to give you any more intelligence uh, if you reveal. Um, if you reveal uh, our torture secrets, I'm trying to find the headline here, but, you know, she, she's trying to say, keep it a secret. It's going to hurt our, our hurt our relations, and we're not going to give you any more military intelligence if you expose the torture. So, obviously, she's not anti-torture. But. No,
6: I, I think she's, well, she tortured Bill all these years.
0: <laughs> but know, he liked it. <laughs> I seem to think uh I tend to think they liked he liked it. <laughs> and that's a clearly an yeah. arranged marriage.
6: Sadly, sadly I, hate, I hate to agree, but I think you are on something there.
0: Mhm. Well, uh it's been good talking to you, Dennis. I appreciate the call. Yeah. We just have a few more minutes left and hope to hear from you again. Take care. Thank you. And uh we we have uh Zolt calling in from St. Petersburg. Zolt, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm um, well, thanks.
11: Uh, had um some more uh uh... points about um... disaster surrounding um... uh... congressman paul and that was if you recall okay starting uh... the the oldest one would have been his uh... gay american um uh, campaign manager died at uh... forty eight years young or forty nine something like that uh-huh. And uh, as far as i know whatever he he did not have uh... aid and uh... So just the fact that he died, it, it just looks unusual.
0: So you're saying that he had a um, a campaign aide who died in a suspicious way? The manager. Oh, his campaign manager.
11: Yeah, his... Google Google uh, Ron Paul's campaign manager.
0: Oh my, I shouldn't Fascinating. know about that.
11: Yeah, and uh, so...
0: Wow. Well, yeah, I'd love to cover that on a, on another show. To show we, it needs to be covered how the how our heroes are being attacked and uh, not directly usually because that would be too obvious. But they certainly are being attacked.
11: And my second point about uh, was um, when the hurricane um, was it last summer that hit Galveston. Mm-hmm. You know that's uh, Ron Paul's district in uh, Texas.
0: Oh, the seventeenth uh, district is it.
11: Yeah, yeah, and and, and um, parenthetically, um, Galveston is due uh, west latitude from St. Petersburg. But anyhow, the point the point is there was a that that, that it almost looked like a uh, Katrina thing where where there was some weather manipulation to make sure that Galveston was really battered and. Um, Blasted and
0: everything. Mm-hmm. And there, by the way, there just was a History Channel uh, documentary on the tw- exactly. July 25th on the weather warfare, but from the slant that we should oh. use it against them, against our enemies. And yet, uh, yeah, weather warfare has been around for um, for many years. At least uh, we know f- since the Vietnam War. There was uh, Ben Livingston, who's the father of me- um, father of modern weather warfare, and uh, and he, he um, he's actually gone. Um, on uh, Discovery Channel uh, documentary and uh, talked about how he um, was uh, involved in flooding the the uh, Ho Chi Minh Trail and uh, creating these these typhoon or what are they, they call them cyclones not hurricanes in, in that hemisphere they're called cyclones and uh, and that how they're able to uh, uh, either uh, upgrade or downgrade by f- two or three grades a uh, hurricane by uh, bringing like five or six uh, airplanes into the, the engines of the hurricane or the cyclone and, and uh, just disabling each one of those engines as he explained. So, um, yeah, that's Ben Livingston, who's, uh, who's the father of uh, modern, modern um, weather warfare or weather controls. Yeah. In case anybody wants to look that up, it does exist.
11: Exactly and so you had I think Ron Paul was a, what could have been uh, a potential victim of, uh, of that in his home um, uh, area of Galveston Texas and then the uh, the campaign manager dying at the uh, late 40s and then the, th- the last last um, uh, quirk disaster was that Sasha uh, Baron uh, Cohen um Um, Embarrassment. (laughs) Yeah. Come on now, look. I mean, they're trying to to get him at all angles, uh, from a hurricane, from a death of the campaign manager, um, the Sasha uh, Baron Cohen, and then, um, of course, the um, decompression in the airplane, which you mentioned. That's what got me reflecting back to to these other other items. And I just thought it was more than just the airplane. It was like, wow, he's getting lambasted, and here he is still standing tall, and and young and strong and powerful despite his
0: age. Mm -hmm. Well, as Borat would say, not very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Well, we had just uh, one more clip here to play, Zolt, so we'll look into that and talk about that more. Oh, I guess we don't have the time for that. Yeah, so, Zolt, um, yeah, we'll look into that, and we'll talk more about uh, his campaign manager. You can catch me up to speed about that off the air.
11: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Talk to you soon. Take care. Great. Have a good night. Thank you.
0: Well uh yeah we were going to play and we'll have to get to next week uh, the icing on the cake uh the very last clip here and the, uh then I was going to go into these surveys that I mentioned the Rasmussen and uh the other survey that's posted on my website um uh that shows that uh, people don't like the Federal Reserve and they think it ought to be um uh, it ought to be audited uh let's see I'm I'm trying to find here where I my location here in these waning Moments, um, and, yeah, yeah, and you can see uh, the the uh, the the Gallup poll that was trying to remember the Gallup poll. The Federal Reserve's job approval rating is lower than the IRS. You have to do some pretty bad stuff to have a lower approval rating than the infernal robbery squad. Well, this has been another edition of. Liberation Station, this has been the uh, Audit the Fed uh, edition, you could say, to give you a lot of excerpts, to give you an idea of what's going on in the floors of Congress that really is not being reported or being underreported. You can reach the website at liberationstation.weebly.com. Weebly, Weebly, spelled W-E-E-B-L-Y, liberationstation.weebly.com. I've been your host, Chris Steiner. Thanks and take great care.
12: stop the rain The Federal Reserve is the private banking cartel which is in charge of the U.S. monetary system. Listen to Thomas Jefferson as he gives a warning of what this institution will give to the United States of America. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks, which grow up and around them, will deprive the people of all of their property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. Listen weekdays 9 to 10 for more details. This is Wayne Walton with the theredpillradio.com. Our constitutional republic is under attack by globalist central bankers. During the Katrina tragedy, U.S. citizens were subjected to a gun roundup and a blockade of New Orleans. Unalienable rights given by God were suspended by the globalist George Bush. Oath Keepers is an association of currently serving military veterans and peace officers who will fulfill their oath to the Constitution against all enemies foreign and domestic. Go to oathkeepers.org to reaffirm your oath to the Constitution, not to tyrants.